Welcome back to the No Huddle, where we go up-tempo to review the week before and preview the week ahead. Mr. Hansen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk a little National Football League with you. Boy, do we have some great games coming up this week. Uh, and there were some great games last week, too. Um, well, let's get right into it. Uh, starting with the Thursday night game of Week 10, uh, the Colts at the Titans. The Colts won that one 34-17. Um, surprisingly, it, the Colts kind of pulled away at the end. Uh, Titans held it close, but the Colts got the upper hand and pulled away. And we had all picked that to go the Titans' way. Uh, Jake, our guest speaker last week, Jake Melodic, uh, Ethan, you, and I, uh, we, all, we all picked Titans in that one. And surprisingly, the Colts played pretty good football. Now, I would say this is kind of a tale of two halves. Um, the Titans seem to be in control most of the first half, and the Colts basically control most of the second half. I do want to say I think this game really turned on a missed long touchdown opportunity for the Titans. Uh, Tannehill hit A.J. Brown in stride along the left sideline in the first half, and he had the ball in his hands. He would have walked in for a touchdown along, probably would have been like a 60-yard touchdown, and he dropped it. I think the game's momentum started to turn there, and of course the Titans didn't do themselves any favors in the second half. A blocked kick, a couple other mistakes, and the Colts pulled away. They, they sure did. The Colts really solidified themselves as probably now the, the favorites to win the AFC South. Uh, they're sitting atop the division, uh, both at 6-3, and three, but now they obviously have the head-to-head. Um, and the, this Colts team is, I think, scary, sneaky, good. Um, and the Titans, on the other hand, they are one and – I can't one in three in their last few games. Um, yeah, they've been really inconsistent. So that that scares me, and especially if you look at it, if Derrick Henry's not finding the end zone for them, they're they're not scoring 30, 40 points a game, kind of like what they were in the earlier in the season when he Henry had a touchdown or a t- two touchdowns. You know, um, yeah, he got banged up in that one late in the game, uh, and it wasn't like he wasn't running well. Uh, he had a couple nice runs. There was a couple holding calls that brought back a couple nice runs. Um, but really what it boils down to is Indy's D is good, you know? Very, um, yes. Yeah. And, they, and they did enough offensively to be effective. I actually thought their passing game was more effective than it had been in recent weeks. T.Y. Hilton got involved a little bit more than he's been in recent weeks. And, man, they have a stable of running backs that can do a lot of good things. Those That three-headed monster of – of Taylor, Hines, and Wilkins, they're pretty solid. Yeah, they just they ride the hot hand. Um, and those, those three backs are perfect for them, I think, in the backfield in this type of team. Moving into the Sunday games, the noon games, Washington at Detroit. The Lions won that one 30-27. Uh, now, the football team made that one really, really close at the end and threw it away. They had a chance to go to overtime and just threw it away. Well, and remember, Prater hit a 59-yard field goal to win this thing, Mm -hmm. um, which was incredible, and he had a little bit to spare on that one. Um, But, you know, the Washington football team under Alex Smith, I mean, he showed some things. I mean, yeah, he's been out with some crazy freak injuries and he is, 
really battled back, but he's also an experienced veteran quarterback that's got skills. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how competitive the Washington football team is moving forward with him as quarterback. I like, I actually like the football team. Um, what a story it is for Alex Smith. I mean, it was his first game back and he started and he threw what, 400 yards? Yeah. Over 400 yards. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Um, props to that, that guy. So Washington did, did cover in this game. Um, that was a that was a really good game, sneaky, really good game. I was watching it and I'm like, "Wow, they're they're gonna make a comeback here because Detroit was up big at one point." Yes, uh, they were. And Washington came back. That shows the fight in that team, even though they're two and seven. That, that it really shows their fight to try out or go out and win games. You know, hundred percent agree, and that comes from a great coach in Ron Rivera, who shows fight in everyday life. The guy battled cancer. Um, and right now is a survivor. So, yeah, I mean, I think that comes from the top down in their coach and the culture that he's kind of instilled in that team. This would have never happened last season. No way. No way. I totally agree with you on that one. Houston at Cleveland. Um, interesting game there with the weather. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a 10, oh, 10 man. 7. That was a monsoon. They had a delay the start of the game with lightning. It was crazy there. Um, but you know what? Who is built for that kind of game? Well, the Browns, because they could ride yep. the running backs. Uh, and both Hunt and Chubb both had big games, as you know, you'd maybe expect in a kind of a nasty weather situation. Uh, they just pounded the rock, and that was enough to beat the Texans. It, it really was. The Texans made it interesting at the end. Um, I think the Texans had many opportunities to win this game uh they were they were down at the three yard line with a second and goal um and ended up going for it on fourth and goal and didn't get anything i mean that's if they score a touchdown there that's 14 to 10 and they win that yeah, game you know? that's the ball game yeah mm-hmm. um although although i mean things other things happen too i mean true. that Very might have yeah you know there could have been other things that the browns did to actually you know go in the end zone um but Yes, that game would have felt very different at that point had the Texans gone in front. Very. Uh, kind of a shocker final score um, in the Jacksonville at Green Bay game. The Packers won that one 24-20. Now, a win is a win, but it was a very ugly win. And I wasn't as shocked as I think a lot of people were. A lot of people didn't give me credit and were kind of mocking my, uh, my thoughts on the Jags being a hard hard. Um, hard fighting team that doesn't give up and they're going to be in this one probably to the end. And I was right. Um, now maybe it was a little closer than I had thought. I said maybe 10, but um, the Jakes just have a lot of fight in them. And again, that comes from their head coach and the Packers weakness, which is the run defense is kind of the Jags offensive strength which is running the football with James Robinson. And you saw that play out through most of the game. I actually thought if the Jags would have committed more to the run, I think they would have beat the Packers to be honest with you, but uh, they would, they would take these random shots down the field and, and have some throws on downs where I think if they would have stuck with the run, they might've been able to, to pull off the upset there. Totally agree with you. I think uh... I mean, someone, I can't remember which coach said it. Um, he, they're playing, or uh, Mike Tomlin, Steelers head yep. coach, 
talked about it earlier in the week. He had a com- or a question saying, "Hey, you're coming up against a one and eight Jacksonville team. You know what? What's your game plan?" And he goes, "Well, it's not like we're uh, the number one team in the country going to play some MAC team. You know, it's NFL football. Every team has NFL talent. Every team is would smack a team in in college. You know." And he goes. You got You can't take any team lightly in the NFL, and I think that was a fair point. And I think it's been seen a lot this year in games. Teams are going into protocols, intensive protocols, where they can't practice for three days. And I think it, it's really showing in the NFL this year that every team could beat the best team in the NFL on any given day. I, I agree, and I was really impressed with the Jags' run defense. Um, they gave the Green Bay Packer offensive line and um, just fits. They just look good uh, against the run. Uh, Aaron Jones mm-hmm. couldn't get free for any big gains. Neither could Jamal Williams. Uh, that was impressive by the Jags' defense. Moving on, Philadelphia at the New York Giants. The Giants won that one 27-17. to 17. The Giants now probably <laughs> are the favorites in the NFC. Who knows what's going on in the NFC <laughs> – least we're gonna call it the nfc least from now on it is a trash division um this is insane i kind of was tooting the eagles earlier going they're gonna win this division they're gonna get healthy and then they lay an egg to the giants who by the way are looking much better than earlier this year i mean daniel jones has started to not make the, the mistakes that was killing this team earlier in the year i mean remember this team should have beat the bucks earlier this year this team could have beat a couple other teams earlier in the year, and they just made some mistakes. The Eagles the first time around, possibly. Uh, so, yeah, kudos to the Giants. And I, I think it starts with their quarterback. Uh, Daniel Jones has been the reason the last few weeks that they've won football games. He has. I mean, he's averaging eight point something yards per carry. And when you do that, it's going to translate into touchdowns at some point. Um, and, it, and it did in this game. And if I'm an Eagles fan and you were fa- or you're favored to win the East two weeks ago and you're looking at your team now, you're worried. But at the same time, the, the rest of the NFC least could lose out their game. <laughs> and they, we could have a, a four, ten, and two team going into the playoffs. You know, they tie with someone else. Like, it, that's not out of the realm of possibility, and that's crazy. I am say. so interested to see what the f- overall record is of this division winner because it is not going to be good. And I just, we're going to possibly see some sort of record here. Um, not possible. It's, it's quite lightly likely at this point. I think it's probably either going to be six and 10 or five and 11. I think you either got to reach five or six wins to probably win that. division. I would say more likely at six and 10, but we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's what, but it's, <laughs> you never know. In the in the yeah. NFC Ooh, least, no. we could have yeah. we could have a four team or a four win team going into the playoffs. Um, the last game in the noon slot: Tampa Bay at Carolina. Uh, Bucks handled the Panthers in that one, forty six to twenty three. But this was a close game for a long time. I mean, Carolina stuck around and you know was looking decent. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was having a pretty decent game early, um, but the Bucks just steamrolled. Um, and, and took control. I mean, uh, Ronald Jones early fumble, you think, Oh, he's going to get benched. He continues to play rips off a massive run. 
has a huge day. Brady looks great, and they just storm to victory in that one. And, and Teddy Bridgewater is going to be out for a little bit. McCaffrey was out that game, might be out again. Uh, so Carolina's dealing with some injury issues, which is unfortunate for them because I think they're a pretty competitive team when they have uh, you know some of their good players playing. Yeah, I did see a tweet from Ian um, Rap- Rappaport. Yep. I don't know Rap- how to say Rappaport, his last name. Yep. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is going to play this weekend, and Christian McCaffrey has been ruled out. There you go. So there's the answer for that one on the offense. Moving into the afternoon games, uh, our Miami Dolphins <laughs> uh, beat the Chargers 29-21, and the Dolphins moved to 6-3, and three, one game, not even one game, half a game back of the Bills. Yeah, that's uh, the Dolphins are a playoff team. Um, and once again, the Chargers can't quite make, make the plays to win at the end of the game. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, dueling fellow rookie Tua. Tunga, oh, man, I, I, I don't even know if I can. Tunga, Tua Tungavailoa. There we go. A tongue twister. Tua Tungavailoa, um, who, you know, brought his team to victory. Looked good. Game manager did what he needed to do. Dolphins defense, which is maybe one of the most underrated defenses in the league right now. They create, you know, turnovers. They they make big plays in the backfield. And uh, they won a game they probably should have won. And they did it. Yeah, I mean, and if you've been listening to our podcast, we've been picking the Dolphins recently. I mean. We're on the Dolphins bandwagon. We are, we, and we've been on it since like week like five. I yeah, we say. were we were early on it back when Fitz. Yes, so, that, back when Fitz Magic was was making plays, and we were we were thinking that Tua would never see the the ball this year. Yeah, we thought this would be but, his redshirt year, but obviously, yeah. what do we know? Yeah. So uh, Denver at the, the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders won that one, thirty-seven twelve, and ran over them. Literally ran over and, them. Five rushing touchdowns, and that game. is the or and four, that is the four, pick four. I wish I had back. I I I picked the Broncos in that one. I thought they had showed some fight earlier. The the Raiders had been really inconsistent up and down, but boy, late, literally the Raiders ran all over the Broncos. They just gave the ball to to Jacobs, and he you know just ran down the Broncos' throats. I think I saw a tweet that said on one drive they gave they handed the ball off nine straight times and ended up in the end zone which is insane hey when the run game works why change it you know and hey you got to appreciate gruden i think he might he's a a candidate for coach of the year to be honest with what he's doing with the raiders and turning that franchise around really buffalo at arizona uh, Cardinals oh. won that one, thirty-two to thirty, on a Kyler Murray, uh, as they've been calling it, a Hail Murray. Um, yeah, they won that one, and wow, what a game! Arizona's been in probably the two best games so far this year. They had that great game against the Seahawks. Now this great game against the Bills. This is two playoff teams that just went toe to toe. And it just whoever had the ball last in this one, right? I mean, basically, um, and gosh, Hopkins going up for that one was impressive. Uh, he is having a heck of a year. Kyle Murray's having a heck of a year. And that's a massive win for the Arizona Cardinals. Now the Seahawks, Cards, and 
who am I forgetting Rams are all at six and three in that division. That's, that's a really competitive division right there. Very much is. Yeah. That was a great game. Uh, you basically talked about everything. There. Well, and if you're um, the bills, how disappointing you had that game yeah. in the bag and you're a playoff team and you're going to, you know, maybe win your division and then you lose that one at the last second. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. That's, that is a very tough game to lose, but give credit to the bills. I personally, I, I think me and you got lucky with that, <laughs> but we, yeah, we'll, hey, we'll and Josh later. had a game yeah. too. I, I think he people did, forget yes. about, he had a great game and it got overshadowed because of the last play. It, it really did. I mean, I played him in fantasy. I ended up losing by two points. I was hoping for an interception uh, when they went down and scored that touchdown. Right. But, um, we won't talk about that. <laughs> so, Moving on to Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers won that one 36-10. And this is my pick of the week I wish I had back. <laughs> I kind of thought the Bengals had a chance, but, oh, God, they did not. The Steelers, man, they they are so uh, tough to beat because their defense is so solid and their offense has so many weapons and, and ways to beat you. They are, again, in my opinion, the most complete football team in the league. And, of course, you know, they're going against a rookie quarterback, albeit a talented one. But, boy, you're going against one of the best defenses in the league and you're a rookie. Forget about it right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Steelers easily, they, they wiped the floor with them. Yeah, that was a dominating effort. Yeah. Uh, Seattle at the Rams. Um, and your pick? You picked the Rams, and sure enough, Rams won that one. I picked picked the Rams. They looked like the better team the whole game, and uh, sure enough, they pulled it off. Um, Seahawks, you know, made, tried to make some plays down the stretch to, to get back in that one, but Wilson has struggled a little bit recently, um, and the, the recipe is get pressure on him, and the Rams were able to do that. Yeah, I mean – Wilson did not have a good game. And personally, in, in my opinion, I think he's fallen out of the MVP race um, with these two bad weeks or a few bad weeks year back to back to back. Um, but credit to the Rams winning that game, moving to six and three. Yeah, I just had a feeling uh, like offensively, they're so creative and they were in this game. Uh, and I just thought their front four could, you know, put pressure and they could drop into coverage and try to cover all those Seahawks weapons. And I think the other part that we're overlooking here is the Seahawks really don't have a consistent run game right now with, with Chris Carson out um, and have to really rely on Wilson and the passing game and have become more one dimensional, which is also part of the, the problem for the Seahawks right now. It is uh, the last afternoon game uh, 49ers at saints. Saints won that one 27 to 13. Um, now, the Saints, they won by two touchdowns, uh, but the 49ers went out to an early 10 nothing lead, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and actually, um, this is probably the game really is getting overshadowed by the injury and what happened with Drew Brees. But yeah, the Niners looked decent early. Uh, Saints kind of got into a rhythm and, and pulled away. Uh, that's going to be interesting, though, going forward with Drew Brees and his rib injury and the ca- collapse long. Boy, what a what a crazy turn of events in the middle of that yeah. game. I think they got to put him on IR. Um, he's at least going to miss a minimum of two games. And if you want him to be healthy for the playoffs, um, 
I think you got to put him on IR. I would agree, and I also th- I I, sne- I sneaky think that Jameis Winston's going to put up some decent numbers and look, I think, pretty good in re- in in replacing Breeze. To me, this is Jameis's audition to possibly take over um, if Drew Breeze retires at the end of the season. I, I totally agree with you, and I'm just going to read off their upcoming schedule: the Falcons, um, the Broncos, the Falcons again, Eagles. Four games wow. against not very good secondaries. Um, now, what Jameis Winston are we going to get? The one that throws four interceptions in a game or the one that throws 400 yards and three touchdowns? Well, we yeah. And, re- and remember who has had coaches, Sean Payton. Sean Payton's one of the most creative and clever offensive minds in the game. So you would think he's going to you know, scheme up some things and, and suit um, Winston's skill set. Um, so I don't know. I, I picked up Jameis Winston in fantasy and I sneaky think that I don't know if I'll play him yet. I got to kind of see the matchups here, but, um, I sneaky think he might put up some decent numbers. Totally agree with you. Moving into the Sunday night game, another monsoon, um, Baltimore. Yeah. Oh my goodness. New England Patriots in an upset won that one 23 to 17. I am so disappointed with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think they have just really not performed the way that kind of expectations were put on them. Um, Obviously, Lamar had an insane season last year. He's not quite having – well, he's not having a a very good season this year. Uh, He's struggling. That offense has struggled the last few weeks. Um, I don't know. That was a disappointing loss. I think the weather had – part part you know part of to do with it um but that patriots defense did too um really interesting game it, it was i think the weather's probably 80% of the reason why the ravens lost um but you really can't i mean cuz the patriots are playing in the same conditions but um, Correct. i don't think the ravens were prepared to play in those types of conditions well i think bill belichick outcoached harbaugh in that game um he had a great game plan defensively to limit what Baltimore wanted to do, and it worked, and they pulled off the they win. They did. Moving into the Monday night game, Minnesota at Chicago, Vikings won that one 19 13 over the Bears. Bears moving to 5 and 5, and the Vikings up to 4 and 5. Um, watch out for the Vikings. The Bears' offense still looks terrible. I. I was a little confused because Folds kind of cut hurt at the end and Tyler Bray comes in. What happened to Mitch Trubisky? I wanted to read on this and I didn't, but was he not active? That was really su- surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, bottom line is, yeah, bottom line is the Bears offense is in shambles. They can't, well, I mean, Cordell Patterson actually looked decent in the backfield and had that huge return for a touchdown to open the second half. But the Vikings were just the better team. They were better defensively. They were better offensively. Um, they, I mean, the Bears' defense is really, really good, which is why this one's close, because they shut down Delvin Cook basically the majority of that game. But Kirk Cousins made a couple nice throws and nice plays, and the Vikings were able to, to really continue their momentum as they keep winning these games in the NFC North, which is super interesting uh, uh, how that – is going to turn out for Minnesota with an overall record. They could 
they could honestly sneak into the playoffs as a wild card, to be quite honest with you. I, I agree with you. And uh, to uh, talk about your point earlier, Mitch Trubisky is not active. He has a shoulder issue, uh, injury right now. Um, okay. Because I, I, here's the thing. I thought that if he would have been fine, that would have been really, really intriguing to me had he come in and made a couple of big throws and, and gave them a chance to win uh, with his arm. Uh, that would have created, I think, some more quarterback controversy. The Bears are in shambles right now. I don't know. Uh, those are two teams that are going in opposite directions. Uh, they are. I think the Bears are probably going to hand the ball back off to Trubisky, in my opinion. Which, again, further shows that they're in yeah. shambles. Yeah. You bench your number two overall quarterback. You bring, you know, you bring in this free agent uh, Foles that you paid some money to. He hasn't been the answer, and then you might go back to him again, to Trubisky again. Like, what are they doing? They, they're in trouble. I think they should have sticked with Trubisky all year, but that's just my opinion. I also agree with that. Um, so on the week, Mr. Hanson, you were 10-4, and four, moving your overall record to 66-30. and 30. I was 8-6, and six, another off week. Um, moving my overall to 60-30, and 30, and our guest picker, Jake Melodic, was also 8-6. and six. So we tied you one by two games this week. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to introduce a new little section here uh, called Rapid Fire. Um, so we're going to do these just fast, give a little bit of stats, and that's it. Uh, so let's start. Top rookie QB, go. All right, I'm, I'm going to shock everybody. Tua Tungavaloa. Uh, he's played two games. He's won two games, 63% completion rate, 519 yards, five touchdowns, zero, zero, intercept. Oh my goodness. Zero interceptions. He's a game manager. He is, if he continues playing the rest of this year, I like him. I think he might get the, I mean, his team's going to go to the playoffs. He's got a better cast around him, better than Joey Burrow. And you know what? Better than Justin Herbert. Go. Uh, I'm going Justin Herbert. A little bit different here. Uh, ever since he won the starting job, the kid's been putting up insane numbers um, with touchdowns galore. Uh, he does have a little bit of an interception problem. He's throwing, I think, six now in the last few weeks. Um, but yards, touchdowns, he's got a great supporting cast in Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and he's going to get Austin Eckler back. And I think that's just going to be amazing for that team. And also, go look up the picture of him. He got his hair cut. He looks like a 14-year-old. <laughs> Top rookie running back. Go. All right. Shocker. Um, the upset here, Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. So here's my comparison. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, almost the same stats. So Edwards-Hilaire has got a little bit more rushing yards, 586 to Gibson's 436, and almost the same receiving numbers, Okay. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire 28 for 224, Gibson 26 for 202. But Gibson's got seven rushing touchdowns right now to only two for Edwards Hilaire. I think Antonio Gibson is the least talked about rookie that's having the biggest impact. Top rookie for me at the running back position, Antonio Gibson, Washington football team. Mine is going to be James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, an undrafted rookie at that, and he um, has 689 yards uh, running the ball, five touchdowns running the ball, and he averages about five yards a carry. For me, he's their biggest impact player out of the backfield, especially with no Gardner Minshew. 
Uh, you just take a look at some of his recent games, 109 yards, 99 yards and a touchdown, 119 and a touchdown. And that's just without receiving. He's not very much active in the receiving game, um, but he is a great pass blocker and everything. And that's why I'm going James Robinson. And he's going to be their starter, I think, you know, for a few years. That That's a great pick. Be, yes. Uh, top rookie wide receiver, go. All right, Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings has put up excellent numbers recently. He's got 42 receptions for 762 yards and three touchdowns. He is becoming their big playmaker. Um, he's really been taking a lot of targets away from Adam Thielen. He's becoming the, the kind of security blanket and go-to guy for Kirk Cousins and a team that doesn't pass that much because they can hand the ball off to Delvin Cook. Justin Jefferson having a huge impact. He's starting there. He's going to be a stud for years to come. Uh, mine is T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he's had some huge weeks recently, and I think he's going to get more involved uh, with Joe Burrow, kind of that rookie-to-rookie connection uh, in the next few weeks. Expect some big weeks from him, in my opinion. Uh, your offensive MVP as of right now. Quarterback Kyler Murray is putting up crazy numbers on a playoff team. He's got he's completing 68% of his passes. He's already thrown for 2,375 yards, 17 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. But here's where he separates himself from the pack. He's also run for 604 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's basically right up there with the top running backs in the league, and he plays quarterback. He's literally just insane. He's in the top 10 of rushing yards in the league at the quarterback position. Insane. He, to me, is one of the most dynamic playmakers in the National Football League. To me, he's your offensive MVP. It's close between, I think, maybe Kamara, Cook, maybe Mahomes. You know, there's a couple other quarterback names, maybe Rodgers in there. But to me, Kyler Murray has to be your offensive MVP right now. I totally agree with you. I mean, look at the numbers. 68%, you said it. 2,375 passing yards, 17 touchdowns in passing, and then 604 yards running and 10 touchdowns running too. And you got to look at it. This kid's making moves. He's 5'9". I mean – the stuff he does at 5'9", at that size in the NFL as a quarterback, oh, my God, MVP all the way so far. And, we, and we've seen, uh, you know, quarterbacks win this award so much, right? So, but Lamar Jackson did it last year but because he was a dual threat. So, Kyler Murray, dual threat quarterback. Defensive MVP, go. I'm going with T.J. Watt from your Wisconsin Badgers, playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers at that outside linebacker position. This year he's got 30 tackles, nine sacks, and an interception. But really he makes so many countless pressures and big plays for that defense. He's the engine on that defense that makes them go. That would be the top defense in the National Football League on an undefeated team, T.J. Watt, defensive MVP. I agree with you again. Uh, You said all the stats. Um, a, a great guy. I love him. Former Badger makes it even better. Uh, another new section we're going to introduce this week uh, for all you fantasy junkies out there. Um, we're going to do an over under on yardages, touchdowns. We just pick. Ran- I picked random players uh, for this week. Um, so with our Thursday night game, DeAndre Hopkins over under a hundred yards and a touchdown or no touchdown. Uh, I am going to go on the over on that Uh, against uh, a really weak Seahawks 
secondary um, coming off that crazy huge catch he made to win the game against the Bills. I'm going to say he's going to go over 100 yards. He's going to get – well, here's the, the crazy part about DeAndre Hopkins. He's only had four touchdowns this year. So he's not been finding the end zone as much. So I'm going to say he goes over 100 yards, but he does not get in the end zone. I'm going to go under 100 yards, but a touchdown. Um, I think he's going to have somewhere in the range of 75 yards, seven catches, and a touchdown. Um, and I think against a weaker Seahawks secondary, uh, we will see that happen this week. Uh, Cooper Cup over under 70 yards. His matchup against the Buccaneers. Against the Buccaneers, I think uh, because he's one of their big options, I think he'll be right around 70 yards. I'll go over slightly over 70 yards. I think um, – the Rams will have to throw the football to, to stay uh, close in this one. So I'll go slightly over, but I really like Reynolds there too. Uh, I'm going under. Uh, bust alert of the week, in my opinion. Um, wouldn't be surprised if you log into fantasy on Tuesday morning and see you only had three catches for 25 yards. Um, Delvin Cook, over under 24.9 projected fantasy points. I'm going over. Give me – yeah, give me the over. He's going against a really weak Cowboys defense, although they seem to be motivated and possibly playing a little bit better. But you have to play a little bit better because you were so god-awful in the first 10 weeks of the season. So um, I'm going to go over. I think he busts out. He had a pretty bad game against the Bears who really bottled him up. Now he breaks out. Give me the Aaron over. Aaron Jones over under 60 yards rushing, touchdown or no touchdown. Here's the thing. I do not like this matchup for Aaron Jones and the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go under 60 yards rushing. I'm going to say no TD. He, uh, he's in a timeshare right now with Williams. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't like this matchup for Aaron Jones. Uh, I'm going under 60 yards, but I'm going to go touchdown. I think he's going to get some goal line carries after the pass offense gets him down into the red zone. Josh Jacobs over under 60 yards rushing and touchdown or no touchdown. He will go over 60 yards rushing. He will get a touchdown. Uh, this is what I think about the Raiders. I think in order to beat the Chiefs, they are going to pound the rock, try to control the clock, and uh, try to really just wear the Chiefs down, keep the Chiefs' offense off the field. I'm going to go over 60 yards rushing. He does find the end zone for Josh Jacobs. Uh, your play of the week. My play of the week is you got to play. I mean, okay. So this is the obvious of the week then for me, um, Delvin Cook and uh, against the Cowboys. Like, you're going to play him anyway, um, but that's going to be your – I will say the lock of the week. How about that for the play? My play of the week is Kalen Balaj of the Chargers going against the Jets. Uh, revenge game for him. Expect 60 yards and two touchdowns, in my opinion. Uh, sit of the week. Um, any offensive player – uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I also don't like Aaron Jones versus the Colts. I don't think you sit them unless you have some other options. But, and I mean, I don't like Andy Dalton. I don't like CeeDee Lamb. I don't like Amari Cup, uh, Cooper. I, I don't like any offensive player for the Cowboys right now. I just don't see them having anything to do in this matchup. Um, my sit of the week is Todd Gurley against the Saints. Saints are giving up the second least amount of fantasy points to opposing running backs. Uh, over the course of the year, uh, I would sit Gurley if you have him in any of your lineups. Let's get right. By the way, the, 
the Cowboys were going against the Vikings, which is why I don't like their matchup. That that makes sense. Although I do think the Vikings secondary is a little weaker. So I would still say Amari Cooper, the one, Ezekiel Elliott. I think those two guys are still starts, in my opinion. We'll see. All right. Let's get right into previewing Week 11 games, starting with the Thursday night game, a rematch of the best game of the year so far, in my opinion. Cardinals at the Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by three. What are your keys for a Seahawk win? Well, they have to control the turnovers and limit them. Um, their their secondary is going to have to do something to slow down the Cardinal receiving options. I don't think that happens. Um, I know that I, I do think that uh, Russell Wilson will have a bounce back game. He'll have a nice game, but I am going to take the Cardinals in this one. I think this is also two teams that are kind of going a little bit in different directions right now. Um, the Seahawks secondary, though, just I, I can't give them the win just because of that. Cardinals, to me, win this game. I think it's close. I think this is another great matchup, but I think the Cardinals get the edge. I, I agree with you on this one. Cardinals do edge it out again. Um, I saw an interesting stat from PFF Fantasy on uh, Twitter, um, I believe it was, when the Seahawks first played the Cardinals, DK Metcalf was guarded by Patrick Peterson. Um, and I think he was shadowed by, I don't remember who it was. He was held to two catches, 23 yards on six targets. Expect that again. Expect a fantasy lineup. Expect a bust from DK Metcalf this week. Um, I got Cardinals and, by a touchdown. And I think the other point here is that, remember, this is a Seahawks stadium that won't be the home field advantage like it would normally be. Um, so I think that helps the Cardinals out in this one totally as well. Totally does. Um, moving into the noon games on Sunday, the first one, Titans at the Ravens. Ravens favored six and a half points. Uh, in my opinion, that's a little bit high. Um, Agreed. I, I do want to pick the Ravens, and I'm going to pick the Ravens here. Only because the Titans give up the most yards to opposing quarterbacks uh, in the air, I believe. Um, and they give up about 70 running yards to quarterbacks a game. Uh, expect a lot of running yards from Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson carry, carries the Ravens to a victory in this one. So here's where I'm going to differ f- with you for the first time today. Both teams are coming off of tough losses. Um, I just think that the Ravens are struggling to find their offensive identity right now. And the Titans know theirs. Um, I just, I can't give it to the Ravens here. The other thing that I I'm really curious about is the Ravens lost their, their blocking tight end in Boyle. That's a huge loss for them. He's kind of their heart and soul. I'm going to give the Titans the advantage in that one. And they squeak it out by, I don't know. Six points. I, I I really think either it could go either way. Uh, just just I agree. I think Lamar Jackson uh, will probably have a. He's been bouncing back here a little bit, um, getting more yards, more passing, more rushing, kind of going back to that Lamar Jackson we kind of saw last year. Not back to full one hundred percent Lamar, but we're getting there. Lions at Panthers. Panthers favored by one and a half points. Which way are you leaning in that one? Well, both teams are banged up. Uh, the Lions are going to be missing a couple good players. The Panthers are as well. Um, this one's a really tough one for me, Ethan. I 
have been kind of going back and forth. Um, I think ultimately I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. I, I agree with you. Um, I think the Lions have the less amount of injuries. Um, and I think with no Christian McCaffrey, we saw it last week with the Panthers. They're a completely different team. I mean, we saw it for how long earlier in the season as well. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I like the Lions in this one as well. Uh, I think it's close, though. I think that's a really I close game. I think the line in this game is going to be accurate to what the, the, the score is going to be. I think the Lions cover, um, but I think the Lions only win by three points. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's another like late field goal to win it type type situation. Totally. Uh, Eagles at Browns. Browns favored in three. Obviously, I can't pick against my Browns. I did last week. No, you they, can't. They, they no, you can't. Wrong, so I'm going Browns. Well, I'm also going to go the Browns because I don't trust the Eagles. The Eagles have um, failed uh, me time and time again. I have picked them a couple times. Um, they just seem to be listless. They seem to have not a lot of fight. They just don't have a lot of playmakers right now uh, for Wentz. Wentz is having a tough season. Uh, Miles Sanders is back. I do think this will be, you know, it'll be a decent game. But I think just the Browns running the football uh, is going to be too much. Totally agree with you on that one. Um, Patriots at Texans. Texans. uh plus one and a half there. So the Patriots favored by points and a half in that one. Um, I really have no idea who I want to pick in this one. Um, (laughs) I'll let you, I'll let you talk while I think. All right. I'm going to go with the Patriots here and here's why I think we have seen Bill Belichick uh, coaching the heck out of this, the last couple of games here putting Cam Newton in good position to, to just be the game manager, run the football, make good, accurate, short throws, um, really pound the rock between the tackles. Um, I just don't, I just don't think that the Texans are going to be able to kind of stop that, that rushing attack. And I also think that the Patriots defense has gotten, um, just they're they're starting to click a little bit again, and uh, I think they slow down the Texans. I, I enough. think you just convinced me to pick the Patriots. Um, I was leaning Texans, but I I just don't know if I can pick them. Um, so I'm gonna go Patriots as well. I really want to pick the Texans. Um, I just don't think the Texans are gonna be able to pull it off. Sitting at two and seven, two wins over the Jaguars. Um, yikes. Uh, I like their passing offense. I like Will Fuller. I like Kenny Stills. I like Randall Cobb. I like Deshaun Watson. I just, I agree with you. I think Bill Belichick is going to get the best of them uh, here in week 11. Well, the only thing that that gives me some concern, though, is it's in Houston. That's more of a fast-paced field for the Texans' weapons. So I I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans win that one, but I got to pick the Patriots right now. So I think this is probably the lock of the week. Uh, Steelers at Jaguars. I think we're going to both pick the Jaguars in that one. Um, I'm just kidding. Steelers all the way. Steelers by 20 points. Um, Yeah, I think the Jags stick in this one for a little while again, um, like they did with Green Bay, but the Steelers are better than Green Bay. In, in in pretty much all phases right now, which is why they're undefeated, I, I do think the Steelers do win this game. But I think it's maybe closer than than what some people think, including Ethan, my well, co-host. 
Yeah, we'll just we'll see. I think the Steelers defense is a lot better than the Packers defense. Um, and it's going to slow down DJ Chark. It's going to slow down Robinson with a sixth round rookie quarterback in Luton. Yikes, going against the NFL's best defense. That's the seller for me. And I think that's why the Steelers are going to blow them out. Yeah. So I understand. Uh, Falcons at the Saints. Saints favored five points in that one. Now, I really want to pick the Falcons only because we don't know what a Jameis Winston Saints team is going to look like. So. I'll let you decide, and then I'll pick. Oh, sure. You're going to just – yeah, okay. I see go, how this works. No, it's no, okay. Go I got it. I am – you're gonna going go Falcons? Falcons? Yes. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I, I very much considered the Falcons here because I think they're playing really good football right now. I love Raheem Morris as their head coach. I think that um, they've really turned the corner as a football team on this season. However – I think Sean Payton's going to have some things up his sleeve that nobody's seen on film yet because of the quarterback is different than Drew Brees, and they're going to have some longer passing plays. Uh, I think Alvin Kamara is having an amazing season, and they're going to use him very creatively and cleverly. Michael Thomas is back. I think I just have to pick the Saints here, but I am not going to be shocked, though, if the Falcons you know, force – Winston into a couple of really bad picks, and that's the difference in that Come game either. The Falcons bad wing and change your pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> nope. No, I, I, I I'm gonna I go think the Falcons do squeak one out. A little bit of an upset here. I don't know if I trust the Saints with Winston. Um, it really depends on which exactly. Winston shows are up. Are we gonna get the? Yeah, we're gonna get the. Are we gonna get the Winston that can throw 400 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions? Are we gonna get the Winston last year that threw like? Four interceptions and like two pick sixes. Um, who knows? But besides from that, moving into our last noon game, uh, Bengals at the football team of Washington. Washington is favored by a point in that one, which I'm a little surprised by. Who are you going with here? Are you going Bengals? Um, yes, I'm, I, I, I will pick the Bengals. So. I want to pick the Bengals badly in this one. Um, but Alex Smith was showing me something in that game against Detroit. Um, the Bengals have been a very inconsistent team. Obviously, they just got pounded by the Steelers, and this Washington team is not the Steelers. Um Washington did give up a lot of passing yards as well to the Detroit Lions. Oh, gosh, this one's a, a toss-up for me, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to pick Ooh, the Bengals in this one. I as had well. it ready to pick. I'm going to pick the Bengals in this one as well. I just think that the Bengals' offensive weapons, um, with you know, I think they have some good wide receivers. Uh, Joey Burrow's going to throw a lot in this game. I think um, I'm going to have to go Bengals here. I, I had it written down that you were going to pick the Washington football team. I. I probably should have went with my gut because what will probably happen is the Washington football team will win and I'll kick myself for not going yeah. with my gut. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Bengals. The, the interesting thing about this game, in my opinion, it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be like a 30. Yeah, I 30, think it very well could be. You know, comes down to a field goal at the last second. And that's kind of seems like how the Bengals have kind of won this mm-hmm. year a little bit, you know, is 
they've kind of won those shoot them out kind of games. So, yeah, I mean, this is a battle of two teams that are going to probably be picking pretty high in the draft here. So, you know, the, the loser of this one's really not that much of a loser, are they? Which is kind well, of funny to say. Washington's competing for an NFC East title. Yeah, it says you. <laughs> hey, says you. they're only what? At, at two they're, and seven, I'm not quite sure they're competing they're for the title. One and a half However, games out, I'm, I, I, I'm sure. I understand that, but oh gosh, we got two six and one versus two and seven right here, dude. Hey, I don't know. You got to look at the NFC East standings here. I mean, come on. Washington will be picking in the top 10 in this. They are, they are one and a half game games back of the Eagles right now. And they're one game back. They will be, they will be pick. They will be picking in the top 10. They will be picking in the top 10, but will be one game out of winning the NFC East. I think they'll still be picking in the top 10. I think almost every NFC East team is going to be picking in the top 10. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so, point, yeah. Point. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see with the Washington. We got seven weeks left, or six weeks now left. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the NFC East. Oh, boy. The, the, least, the, least, the least, correct. The least, uh, moving the into least. the afternoon games, uh, going back to the normal time sl- or amount of games because of the Masters last weekend, so CBS couldn't broadcast any noon games. Um, Jets at Chargers. Chargers, eight-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. Uh, I like the combination of Herbert and Allen in that one and Balazs out of the backfield. I'm going Chargers. Close one, but Chargers. Yeah, I also think this is a sneaky (laughs) – I don't know if I can pick the Jets again. However – Do it. Pick (laughs) them. The Jets with Flacco and their receivers back healthy – looked completely different um, versus the Patriots and honestly really should have won that game. Um, Here's the thing. The Chargers defense has been pretty bad, um, given up a lot of points this year. Um, This is at the Chargers, though, and so I think I'm going to have to – I mean, I think – I do think that Justin Herbert will put up big numbers and ultimately this game will be won by the Chargers, but I do think it's close. Um, and the Jets, I, I can't pick them for a second for a second week in a row. I'll, I'll pick the Chargers. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with everything you said there. I like the Joe Flacco-led Jets. Um, they looked good, yeah. man. They looked good offensively against the Patriots, who, by the way, defensively, I still think they're really good. So... Ah, and the Chargers are not. So I don't know. I was conflicted there. I almost went yeah, Jets. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, I was close. I was close. I'll let you think about it till the end of the episode. And if you want to change your pick, feel free to change it. Um, I'll, I'll allow okay. you to change that pick. Um, Dolphins Broncos, are we still on the Dolphins bandwagon here I or what? I am staying on the Dolphins bandwagon. I'm going Dolphins. I am going to go Dolphins too. I think uh, – Tua will, you know, be the the perfect game manager again, and that the the defense of the Dolphins continues to stay opportunistic against the Broncos. Cowboys at Vikings. Um, I don't really want to pick this game because I hate both teams with a passion. More like uh, the Cowgirls <laughs> and the Vikings, um, as we refer them or as we refer them to here in Wisconsin. Uh, but I will go Vikings. 
Vikings going to five and five. I agree. I think the Vikings continue to uh, improve and play well. I think Dalvin Cook has a big game and bounces back against that Cowboys D. Um, and I think the Vikings defense has looked so much better uh, the last couple weeks. I think that's trouble for the Cowboys. I am not a believer in in, in Andy Dalton. I didn't. I actually think that they should go with Gilbert. I think that gave that like for for me, Gilbert looked like the best quarterback I've seen other than Dak Prescott so far this year. Um, I cannot see Andy Dalton uh, leading the Cowboys to a victory in this one. Totally agree. Uh, last game in the afternoon time slot. Uh, Packers at Colts. Colts favored a point and a half in that one. Um, I don't really know who I want to pick. Okay, well, I'll tell you who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this is the first time I think I've picked against the Packers this year. Um, to me, the Colts running the football is the difference in this one. Uh, defensively, the Colts will do enough to make the Packers, um, you know, give the Packers fits in my opinion. Um, I don't think the Packers will be able to score enough points in this one. I think the Colts defense does the job that they need to. Uh, and I think this one's close, but I, I'm giving the advantage to the Colts in this one. Um, well, I, I need to make some games up on you now too. Um, and I think the Packers will win this one. Um, Plus, I'm only picking them again because I need to get some games back. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I think this is a game where either you're going to pick up or, I mean, it's a, it's a coin flip in my opinion right now. It's a 50-50 game. Um, now, Alan Lazard just got activated for the Packers. so that And I do think that's big. And I do think that's big. And, for and I think that helps their offense out a lot. Um, but the defense and the running game, um, against three backs that probably could pound the ball against them. You know, that worries me. Um, but I think with getting Alan Lazard back, that Packers offense is going to be more more vibrant, more explosive. Um, and I think it's going to be passing. I think it's indoors. It's going to be long shots from Rodgers to MBS or Lazard or Adams. Um, and for that reason, I'm going Packers. Um, I think this is going to be a super close game, though. Oh, oh, um, oh totally, yeah. Super, super tight game. And, uh, boy, I love Naheem Hines. He looked so good against the tit- Titans last week. Totally, totally. I, like you said, either way, who knows. Um, but I think Packers – Yeah, that is – to me, I think yeah. you're right. It's a coin yeah. flip game, really. Um, we're finally getting good primetime games this week. Uh, going back to the Thursday game, Cardinals-Seahawks. Sunday night's going to be Chiefs at Raiders. Raiders are sitting at 6-3 and three at home. Chiefs are favored by 7, but at home, 6-3 and three, – Coming off some wins, um, you know, I need to make some games up on you. I'm going upset. I'm going Raiders. Wow. And the Raiders pulled it off in Kansas City earlier this year. I cannot pick the Raiders again. I, I keep picking. Well, here's the problem. I keep picking against them because I'm saying they're inconsistent. And then they've rattled off a couple of wins in a row, which to my chagrin, um, but I just think the Chiefs are too explosive. Now, if the Raiders pull this off like Ethan picked, I do think it's because they pound the rock. They control the the game, um, keep the ball out of the Chiefs' offense's hands, and maybe get a turnover or two. That's the way the Raiders won the first game. They put up huge numbers. 
Remember, they scored in the 40s, I think, the first time against the Chiefs. Um, I just think the Chiefs are pissed that they lost the first time to the Raiders and are going to get them back in this game. Uh, another great primetime game, the uh, last one of the week, Rams at Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored four in that one. Um, another. Are you going to stick with the Tom Brady train? Or are you? What are you going to do here? I, um, I want to pick the Rams, but I don't know if I can. Um, you know, I've already picked like three upsets this week. Why not another one, Rams? <laughs> You know, what's funny is I'm going to pick the Rams too. Um, I was thinking that before you said it, I was going to, I was, I was actually thinking you're going to go Buccaneers and I was kind of trying to bait you to do that. Uh, so I could be the one with the upset pick here, but I don't know. I, the Rams, um, I like the pressure they can, they can put on you with their front four. Um, I think they're better against the run than what the Buccaneers have gone against recently. Uh, I just like their creativity on offense to, you know, move on that Bucks defense uh, who hasn't been the same since that Packers game. Uh, the Buccaneers have given up a lot of, a lot of points since then. Um, I am going to take the Rams too on the road in Tampa Bay. I'm also going to take the Rams. Well, I thought maybe that there would be another difference there, but I guess not. That's kind of, kind of why I went with the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> well, go change it to the Buccaneers then. No, I'm not going to. I, okay. I'm going to stick right. with my gut decision there with the Rams. Okay, it's the end of the episode. Do you want to pick the Jets or are you going to stay with the Chargers? Gosh. Um, I am going to stay oh, with the Chargers. Oh, I thought I maybe could bait you into taking the Jets. It was close. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to the No Huddle. Uh, we'll be back probably next Wednesday night because um, next Thursday is Thanksgiving already. And we got three that is correct. great games, including the Ravens and Steelers in primetime uh, on Thanksgiving night. Um, so we'll be back probably next Wednesday. We're going to review all these week 11 games. Uh, do another little rapid fire segment, another fantasy segment. Um, see if any big news, any unfortunate injuries um, are taking tolls on these teams. And then we'll preview week 12 games. Um, so that was the no huddle. Uh, we will see you next week.